Welcome to Software Security Chat Chat, episode 81 for January the 23rd, 2012. I'm Chester Wisniewski, and my guest this week is a return guest, Michael Kaiser, who's the executive director of the National Cybersecurity Alliance. And he's joining us this week to talk a bit about our upcoming uh, global event, uh, Data Privacy Day. Welcome, Michael. Uh, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. So we worked with you, uh, your, your uh, group uh, last year on National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. It was quite fun. You and I got to do an event together in Washington, D.C. And uh, this year, uh, I think this is a new event for you guys. Could you tell us a little bit about Data Privacy Day? Yeah, well, Data Privacy Day has actually been going on since about 2008, but this is the first year that NCSA has taken on the leadership of the event. Uh, you know, Data Privacy Day actually commemorates this as the signing of Convention 108 uh, in Europe, and that was the first uh, legally binding international treaty dealing with privacy and data protection, which actually recognized individuals' right to protection of their personal information as a fundamental freedom. So it's a, uh, you know, it looks at data privacy as a universal right and as an opportunity for people to be educated around um, how to stay safer, secure, and protect their privacy online. So the, uh, I was looking at your website, uh, staysafeonline.org slash DPD, where there's a lot of um, listings of events in the U.S. and Canada and that kind of thing. If, if people choose to uh, uh, attend one of these events or they're privacy advocates or they're very interested in privacy and there's events near them, what, what kind of things um, can they expect at some of these different meetings? Well, I think what we're seeing is uh, meetings of all different kinds all around the country and Canada, as you mentioned, as well as uh, many some conferences and other events uh, over in the EU, too. Um, I think they can expect to get some education. Um, some of them are very consumer-oriented. For example, uh, the city of Phoenix is doing some lunch and learn sessions on mobile uh, security and mobile uh, privacy protection, obviously kind of a cutting-edge issue with all the people on smartphones. There's a lot of stuff happening on college campuses uh, around teaching students how to be uh, protect their privacy. But also when you think about that college environment, you know, colleges conduct a lot of research. They have a lot of personal information, not only about students, but about others. Um, so having a culture of privacy on uh, a higher education institution campus is obviously a very important thing as well. So we, like we do in National Cybersecurity Awareness Month, and what we hope people will do, will approach the issue um, from where it's relevant from them, whether they're a small business and it involves you know, educating their customers, um, a high school and maybe educating their students, or perhaps um, you know, a business that has a specific interest around mobile or other issues. Well, um, that's what we'd like to see, and we're starting to see that happen around uh, around the world. Yeah, I think our, our listeners here on the chat chat and readers of Naked Security in particular um, have a tendency to, to probably be toward more of the uh, privacy-savvy folks. They're aware of all these things going on. So I think our audience in particular can help be some of these advocates to help get the message out to folks who may not have the awareness. Uh, you know, a lot of the, the IT people that uh, I work with at Sophos and that are our customer base and this kind of thing clearly um, are aware of the, how all these things work and actually are the people that their their mothers and brothers and fathers and friends turn to for advice or questions or concerns around these type of thing. And yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned mobile to me because we did some surveys back in the fall of this year where something like 70% of people still have no security pin or passcode or any sort of authentication to access their smartphone. Um, even while we're activating millions of these smartphones every single day. And yet uh, people, when they ask me questions and they're worried about their smartphone, they go, am I going to get a virus if I jailbreak my iPhone? And I'm thinking the virus isn't your problem. You just left it in the pub or in the back of a taxi cab or on the bus, and there's not even a pin code on it. So is that the kind of thing that when we're talking about what some of the actions that we're trying to educate people on that, that they can learn? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that, that that's a great example. We've seen some similar research we did with um, uh, earlier this year around this that, uh, you know, actually even even very high numbers of people haven't even considered putting any kind of security software on their phone, which is obviously one of the protections when you talk about privacy. Yeah, we think that those issues and we think actually it really starts with people perhaps like your listeners who are more knowledgeable both about security and privacy um, who could reach out to people in their own circles and educate them. If, you know, if all the experts who knew something educated five or 10 people uh, over the couple of weeks in January or February, we could reach a lot of people all around the world and teach them how to be just a little bit safer and a little bit more secure. And I think, you know, help them start to make the bridge between, between privacy and security, which, you know, it is really important that if you are responsible for any kind of data that gets entrusted to you, whether it's photographs from your aunt, you know, Sally, or customer data, or, you know, perhaps even intellectual property, um, these are things that you have to take responsibility for protecting as well. And so um, the relationship between security and privacy is very, very uh, important. And that's one of the reasons that NCSA um, got involved in Data Privacy Day, because we'd like to continue and expand that discussion. Yeah, and I think that's a um, a big problem that we've seen. You know, there's been a lot of data breach incidents at, uh, in the United States that affected U.S. customers in particular over the last year. I mean, major, major brands, and you know, the Sony, and most recently the Zappos thing. But of course, there are only two out of uh, unfortunately hundreds of organizations that had issues from hospitals to insurance companies to state governments. Uh, you know, at all kinds of different levels. And taking responsibility for protecting that data is more than just words. I mean, many times I've seen interviews. And I've talked to some of these folks when I've been reporting on it on Naked Security. And the response is often, well, of course, we weren't selling the person's information and we weren't intending for it to be used for anything. We just, you know, we did collect it and oops, we didn't protect it correctly, right? We didn't encrypt it properly or we forgot about that server over there that we got during an acquisition that had a bunch of personal information on it. And that's not really an acceptable excuse. And, and I was kind of making a call to action also for chat chat listeners uh, and and naked security readers and things uh, in the last couple of weeks and I like to iterate it again is that if you're collecting this information you really have an you don't just have a, uh, a gee I, I probably should you have an obligation to protect that data and if you cannot protect that data properly you shouldn't be collecting that data and if and IT folks often get caught in the middle of this but they need to make it very clear to their companies if they're being asked to manage PII, that making sure that that data is actually collected and stored in a safe manner. And if it's not, then they should make a really big fuss about it and do everything they can to ensure that data is protected. Yeah, I would agree uh, wholeheartedly with that. I mean, if you collect it, protect it. And if you don't think that you can protect it, then don't collect it. I mean, and, you know, the, the part of that goes with this, of course, is, you know, only really collect things that are essential. Um, I think it's, you know, so tempting in the Internet age and, you know, when anybody can put up a form or, you know, collect things to say, oh, well, well, we'll just collect all this information, especially if you're like a small business. We'll just collect this information because, you know, who knows, maybe a year from now, if we have all this information, we could go back and, you know, figure out and expand our marketing and do doing those things. But the fact is, once you make you take on that responsibility of collecting that data, you you do have a responsibility to protect it, and you don't want to hurt you know your customers, you don't want to hurt you know your family members or whoever it might be by somehow having that data end up being exposed. So uh, I think in the digital age, we all have to take on this responsibility that when people entrust information to us, they ha they do so I think with a sense of um, hoping that we'll take care of it, and so. When you don't, it can really come back to haunt you. I think we certainly see that in the small business community where data breaches lead to a lot of small businesses just closing because they can't um, take the backlash 
or they don't have the resources to um, remediate the situation, continue operations. So, you know, there there could be some devastating effects of this as well. But I think it's just also we all live in a different world now. And at you know National Cybersecurity Alliance, uh, through our Stop Think Connect campaign, for example, you know we kind of believe that people have to be empowered to own their online presence. You need to understand and set the services that you use to your comfort level of sharing. And that's really important, and that's a responsibility of a digital citizen uh, who participates uh, in the Internet life. Are, are there any efforts to standardize any of these things to make it a little easier? I mean, I, I've personally been talking to a lot of consumer groups about how people can choose better passwords to to maintain their security and this type of thing. And it, it drives people really crazy that, you know, you pick 10 websites and they have 10 different rules for what you're allowed to do with your password. Some it's too long, some it's too short, some must make it complicated. Others won't let you make it complicated. You know, there, there's no consistency, which is really hard for average internet users. Is there anything similar on the privacy front? You know, I look at my controls on LinkedIn are very different than the controls that, say, Facebook has. Uh, are there anything to make these things boil down to be a little simpler? You know, I haven't seen anything along those lines yet. That doesn't mean that there aren't some people probably talking about it somewhere. Obviously, you know, where you can have some standardization around these things, um, it might be beneficial. But I also think that, you know, the way some of these sites operate is different in the way they use your information or the way that your information is used between other users who you're connected with could be very different based on the site you're on. So I think, you know, that that might cause some some problems. But uh, sure, I do believe that, um, you know, people do need to take the time to go in and understand these sites. They shouldn't just be signing up ad hoc and saying, I'm off and now I'm going to start posting pictures and, you know, what I've been doing for my whole life and where I'm going to be next week without some deeper understanding, especially when they get into sites that use like geolocation, you know, that say where they're checking in to some place, you know, where are you? You know, yeah. do you really know who's seeing you? <laughs> you know, that you happen to be down at the corner bar, you know, um, uh, and, and are you or sure? Or if they try to check you in even worse. Uh, yeah, in, exactly. In the, I, and I think that's a that's a great point because one of the things that we think people really need to think about in the digital age is not only their information, like you know who's looking at what I'm doing, but what are you what are you revealing about other people um, when you post things online about them? You know um, whether it's information that could be cobbled together to create a password or just information that you know because they have a different tolerance for privacy, they just might not want shared at all, and it's just that's their own belief and that's fine. So we have to respect that as well. So it, it it really does tie back into your, the the National Cybersecurity Awareness Month efforts from from your group, and that it's sort of that stop, think, connect message from back then. It's the same kind of thing: stop, think before you share. Maybe whether it's for your own sharing or whether it's sharing about others. Yeah, absolutely. It's it it really you know um, we we kind of say you know the golden rule is a uh, only post about others as you would have them post about you, uh, you know, and that's a rule that people can follow. But even beyond that you should know what the comfort level is of your friends and sharing. And, you know, and that's a courtesy, right? I mean, if you were inviting your friend over for dinner, you probably, and knew what they liked to eat, you'd probably serve them a meal that they liked, um, right? Because you're their friend. You treat yeah. their privacy the same way. Um, you know, if you have a sense that your friend wouldn't want their birthday posted or wouldn't want the fact that they had, you know, been out till three o'clock in the morning the night before posted, then don't post it. Um, and, or ask them for permission um, if you feel like you're unsure. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, not everyone will be near an event, be able to participate necessarily in, in, uh, in the real world and show up for a lunch and learn, say, or other things like this. Where, where can they go to get more information and uh, you know participate if they're interested in helping uh, advocate more information on privacy issues and talking to some experts? 
Well, they can go to staysafeonline.org slash DPD, and that will take them to a portal that has uh, tip sheets and uh, web banners and logos and graphics and posters and lists of events and all kinds of things that can help them get engaged in Data Privacy Day. But also, we're really pleased to announce that uh, Facebook is going to be streaming uh, through Facebook Live um, our main Data Privacy Day event, which will be January 26th at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time in the United States, uh, which will be out of the George Washington uh, University Law School, which is going to be a discussion of the intersection of security and privacy. And we just have like a huge, amazing lineup. We have uh, Commissioner Brill from the FTC who's going to talk about privacy issues. We have privacy people from uh, chief privacy officers from Intel and Comcast and AT&T and MasterCard and eBay, um, among others, who will also be speaking uh, on panels about the intersection of privacy and security, what's happening, what theoretically we could achieve, and what might be happening in practice. And uh, if you go to that same uh, URL, staysafeonline.org slash DPD, there'll be some links to the Facebook Live event, both that you can register beforehand or on the morning of the event, go directly to the event. So we encourage people from around the world to join that discussion uh, and listen in, and um, hopefully we can um, educate people and um, keep moving in the right direction. So that's 9.30 a.m. Uh, Eastern Time. That would be 14.30 UTC for our international listeners on January the 26th. Well, I, I really appreciate you taking the time again to uh, to explain to our audience some of the ways that we can be better advocates on behalf of our friends, our family, our users that we work with. And hopefully uh, some of our folks will now be able to help get the word out as well. We'll post some of these links and information uh, about the Data Privacy Day event as well on the Naked Security blog. So that concludes Software Security Chat Chat 81. Uh, as always, for the latest security news, please visit nakedsecurity.sophos.com. And uh, for the special edition, we'll also uh, direct you to staysafeonline.org, where uh, in addition to Data Privacy Day, there's a lot of information there about National Cybersecurity Awareness Month in the United States and other events that the NCSA participates in. The podcast, as always, is available at podcasts.sophos.com with our entire archive, as well as available through iTunes or via RSS. And until next time, stay secure.